Well, I hope you're ready to open God's word. Open your God's word with me, if you will, to Matthew 13. We're going to look at verses 31 to 35. 31 to 35. Let me begin by reading God's word with us. Hear the word of the Lord. He presented another parable to them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this, this is smaller than all other seeds. But when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And he spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. And he did not speak to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. <laughs> Have you ever considered Christianity's impact on the world? Have you ever pondered what the world would have been like if Jesus had not come? Or if his disciples never penetrated the world with the truth of Jesus Christ? Have you ever contemplated the improbable growth of Christianity throughout the world? Have you considered the extent to which the message of Jesus Christ as king and his message about his kingdom has reached? When Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He meant it. He meant it. And its impact was promised against all odds and now is being 
realize beyond all comprehension the impact of Christianity is not a surprise to Jesus it is exactly what Jesus said would happen and this is made evident this morning by the two parables that we'll be looking at have you been with us the last couple Sundays Jesus is revealing to his disciples mysteries or, or new truths that were hidden truths about his kingdom Remember, Jesus came as Israel's king. Jesus came as Israel's. Yes, Christo, Everyone, come on. Jesus came as Israel's. Everybody, is his what? Come on, come with me. Don't yes, Christo, Yes, Christo, Alright, we don't want tired Christians, we want active Christians, alright? But Israel has rejected their king. And because Israel has rejected their king, Jesus is now delivering mysteries about his kingdom program. As we saw last week that his kingdom program involves two comings. One where he suffers, one where he will come and reign. Israel had known that Jesus was going to come and reign, but they didn't know he would first come and suffer. Then there would be a time period in between, and then he would come and reign, and come a second time and reign. Well, Jesus is now revealing to his disciples that this reigning is not happening now. It is to come in the future and he's revealing what will happen in the now. Talk to me here. There are how many comings? Everybody say two comings. The first coming. And the. The first coming is when he comes and suffers and dies for the sin of humanity. The second coming is when he comes and what? Reigns. Brings his wrath and reigns 
and brings the promised kingdom. We are in between those comings. This gap in between the comings is what many would call the time of the Gentiles or the church age or the mystery age well, Jesus is revealing what will happen in that time period. And today we get greater understanding of what will happen with the two with the two parables before us. So this morning we're going to look at two parables. How many? Two. One is the parable of the mustard seed. And the second one is a parable of leaven. And after looking specifically at those two parables, I want us to look at, I want us to observe the applications, intended applications of these two parables. I would like to begin with a word of prayer and we ask God to help us. See, hear, and understand the precious mysteries Christ is revealing. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Father, you have asked that we have hearts that are good soil so that we can receive the truths of your word and grow. I have a responsibility to provide good seed the message of your kingdom and so aid me as I communicate these precious truths so Lord will you please grow us this morning as we hear the purity of your message and receive it with eager hearts and whoever is not saved here this morning whoever is not a person of your kingdom we pray that you would open their mind and convict their hearts. For the praise, glory, and honor of your name we pray. Amen. Before we look at the two parables, let me just give you a quick overview of both of them. With all of these parables, they're simple but very profound. These are both more, even more simple than the ones 
from the previous weeks. Interestingly enough, there is no explanation of these parables provided. Despite the fact Mark 4.34 says that Jesus had explained everything privately to his disciples, his disciples never revealed the meaning to us. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's speaking to the masses in parables. Verse 34 tells us he didn't speak to the masses outside of parables. Why was that? Because one, I think that he didn't want a premature death. Practically speaking, if he continued to tell a message about his Messiah, he would have been dead too quickly. Biblically speaking, according to this text, verse 35, it was to fulfill what was promised by the prophets. Jesus' rejection of being the Messiah did not catch Jesus by surprise. The, the, the postponement of him bringing in the kingdom was not God's backup plan. The, the gap between his first coming and his second coming was not a shock. It was happening in accordance with the predictions of God's word. Even up to this moment right here where Jesus begins to speak to the people in mysteries. This was his plan. And you remember, he's already spoken in two parables. A parable of the sower. Where he speaks of how there'll be various responses to the kingdom message. And a parable of wheat and tares. Speaking how this kingdom will get a little messy. It won't be clean where you just have wheat, but you have wheat and tares growing up what? Together. But this morning he's going to show us the growth and impact of this kingdom. He quotes for us in verse 35 from Asaph, a prophet. In verse 
who come and it comes from verse 70 Psalm 78 when he speaks of how I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter hidden things hidden since the foundation of the world the psalm really doesn't say much other than the fact that people will hear the message about God and, some, and, and, and it'll be in parables and others will receive this message. Some will hear the message in parables. Some will be revealed the message. The disciples are receiving the understanding of this message, thus fulfilling what Psalm 78 is saying. But notice that these things were hidden since the foundation of the world, meaning they were known before the foundation of what? The world. But now he's revealing them to the disciples. Not only to them, but now we have that revelation today. We can know those mysteries now now are we ready for the two parables are you ready are you ready okay let's look at parable number one the first parable is about is about is about a man planting a small mustard seed. And it grows up into a tree. Where birds can even rest in its branches. The second parable is about a woman taking leaven and saturating flour fully I'm sorry saturating it thoroughly throughout flour let's look at the first parable together verses 31 and 32 I want to break this parable up into four scenes are we ready? first scene is the man. First scene is the. So kira dalokula miluako yomusajayani. Bane tuliwam. So kira dalajechi. Yani. Do me a favor. Everyone stand up. Kadimwenal mui mirire. Everyone stand up. Buriomui mirira.
And now everybody sit down. Good, I think we needed a little blood going to our brain. So I want us to come together. The first scene is the scene of a man. Look at verse 31. And he presented a parable to them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man, what? which a man what come on come with me which a man what he took and sowed in his fields he takes this mustard seed and it says he did two things with it he takes it and he what sows it in what his field this is a simple story and in your minds you can all picture a man taking his hoe digging a hole and taking a small little seed and putting it in that hole can everybody picture that that's what's going on here it's simple that brings us to the second scene the second scene or the focus is then on the seed look at verse 32 this is smaller that is the seed this is smaller than all what other seeds but when it is full grown it is larger than the garden plants Jesus brings emphasis first on the seed everybody take the seed out take your seed out look at it and ask the question why is it so small come on kids take your seed out why is it so well that's what Jesus is bringing emphasis to that this seed is so small he says it's smaller than any other seeds the focus is on its tininess on its humble beginnings many have said all kinds of things about this small seed being smaller than any other tree any other seed let me help you by understanding this is not the mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world okay? there are smaller seeds but Jesus is not speaking of all the seeds ever in the world he's speaking 
to the people in Israel. And in Israel, they had certain seeds that they would plant in the garden. And in their world, he's taking an understanding that they have in their world, and he's saying, listen, you know that mustard seed, which is the smallest seed we plant in our gardens. This seed he planted. He's engaging with information they already know, they are already aware of. And it was known by all of them that the mustard seed was the smallest seed. That's why there were many sayings in the days of, of uh, the Middle East here about the mustard seed being so small because that was a known used fact everywhere. So this tiny, tiny seed this man takes and what? Plants. It is the focus of the parable. Let's come to the third scene. The third scene focuses on the growth. You have the man, the seed, and then the growth. Look at verse 32. And this is smaller than all the other seeds, but when it is what? Full grown. It is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree. When we planted this, these, these uh, things here, not gardens, but these planters, they all started out small. Just really contained and beautiful. Then there are, when you go up near the glass door, there's a tree to the right and a tree to the left. And what started so small has now grown, and I'm thinking, are we going to have to remove it because it's now like a. That's the same imagery that's going on. This small tiny seed is now become can become full grown a big massive tree. This a mustard tree can grow 12 to 15 feet high. 
kakati omutiguno ogwa kaladali obensigene ya kaladali esobolo kula nefuka mu muti okusobolo kuwanvua ofuti nga 12:13 and jesus is bringing out the shocking miraculous growth of this tiny seed era agezako kujayo okwewunyisa kuno oba okukula ko mutiguno okwewunyisa the fact that it goes from a small seed to this big large plant okubanti no guvira dalamu kasiboka na katone nyone kafuka all of this is important as we find out the meaning of what Jesus is saying. Which brings us to the fourth scene. The fourth scene is the impact. The impact of this sea. According to verse 32, it says that so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The birds of the air come and rest or nest in its branches. When this tree is full grown, it now provides shade. Comfort. Security. Refuge. And enjoyment, enjoyment for its community. Why does a bird put its nest in trees? Often because they are safe. And they're cooler than just being in the open sun. And then not only that, but but there's protection from the rain and protection from other birds seeing them. So the idea is that this tree now becomes a blessing to the environment around it. This is the parable. And he says the kingdom of God is like this mustard seed that grows into this tree and where birds come and rest. What is the point? The point is that a small mustard seed which is probably representing the message of the kingdom from this simple humble message there will be growth that comes out to where it's large and pervasive and it will provide rest and stability to those around. So 
small beginnings large growth and sweet blessings that the kingdom message will bring during this present gap age we'll talk more about the implications let's go now to the second parable the second parable that first one was easy yeah thank you very much the second one is even easier it has two scenes the first scene is that of a woman look with me in verse 33 and he spoke another parable to them the kingdom of heaven is like eleven which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour. Simply in this scene, a woman takes leaven. And literally she puts it into a large bucket of flour. Three pecks of flour is like a bucket of flour. Around 35 liters or 8 gallons. So it's a big bucket of flour. And it, it, it says that this woman comes and takes leaven and needs that leaven all throughout this flour. She, she saturates it with this flour. Leaven was a major, I mean, bread was, leaven bread was a major food commodity in the days of Israel. It was eaten about almost every meal. And when they needed a snack, they grabbed what? Bread. So every home had some sort of leaven flour waiting to be cooked. It was so important, leaven was so important to the Jewish society that when a woman got married, one gift that was given was Leaven. It's kind of like at Glorious's wedding. Gloria. At Glorious's wedding, Glorious. They came, and before she came out, they brought these cartons. One of them having milk. And they gave Emma this milk as a gift. 
Why? Because it was so it's so important to the society in the West, milk is that they give it as a gift or a symbol of their love and affection. That was leaven. So to have a big bucket of leaven dough was uh, flour was not uncommon for a large family. And so Jesus again is using this simple illustration that everybody's aware of to show what the kingdom is like. Which brings us to the second scene or the second focus of this second parable. It says that a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was what? Until it was what? Look at verse 32. Until it was verse 33, I'm sorry. Until it was what? It's important we see this detail, and that's why I'm separating it by a scene, because not only did she put leaven in, but she ensured that it saturated or permeated every part of the flower the idea that's being communicated is there's no part left without what without leaven and it is at this point the parable's over so the question becomes what is the point of that parable the point of that parable is that this kingdom message will so permeate and that permeate the whole of the of this current age that it will impact it in every way. I want to drive home the three truths from these two parables. And I want you to hear me very clearly. Because the truths are awesome. And bring great clarity to what is happening in this age. Listen to these truths that are coming out of these parables. Truth number one. What is Jesus saying about the kingdom? Truth number one. He's speaking of the miraculously improbable growth 
ayogera kukukula okwechitalo oba okwecha magero of Jesus's kingdom program or of Christianity from its small beginnings to its far reaching growth these are truths we can see around us these are truths that Jesus promised right then when he delivered this message but they've now been realized in our age these truths should be extremely encouraging to us and even more encouraging to the disciples knowing where they have come from remember the disciples thought Jesus was coming and was reigning right away was bringing his kingdom right away they wanted to sit on the right and the left of his kingdom but instead Wabula, Jesus what? dies Christo nafa. Jesus dies Christo nafa. and re- resurrects Wabula, mkufakwe, again, this was completely anti their plan and extremely confusing to their thinking and as a result of that when you're hearing a parable like this that it's going to start with a little seed and advance to a big tree where birds rest you're confused I am sure that after the death of Jesus they were thinking I was wrong Jesus was not the Messiah there is no kingdom even today some will think that Jesus isn't bringing the kingdom as he promised and they must have thought this as well but Jesus here is declaring no 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 this kingdom is going to happen it's going to happen but it's going to start off very very small but in time and over time it will grow large and it will permeate and saturate the whole world my brothers and sisters was Jesus right was Jesus right everybody say yes he was right 
From the little mustard seed of the gospel. From the, the simple kingdom message. Came a group of nobodies who followed it. Small group of uneducated followers of Jesus Christ. Who are persecuted. Who struggle to understand the truth about the Bible. Who struggled with disunity and, and frustration. From without and from within. From them. The church was born. From them, the church came into a seedling. And as we know it today, it was birth and spread from Jerusalem to Judea into Samaria and then into the rest of the world. And dear friends, today it is continuing to what? Spread. It's spreading right now in our day all into Africa. Come on, uh-huh. Remember, he is the king of Africa. Remember the song. Uh-huh. All into Asia, all into South America. And as we learned last week, yes, it is polluted with the tears. But it has, in an unimaginable, unthinkable way, it has grown and become a dominant in the world today, saturating and permeating the whole of the world. Listen, just as he promised. And what he's saying here is in this age, in this mystery age, this would happen before I what? Return and bring in the kingdom as promised. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus stood before his disciples and he said, I will build my, I will build my. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yes, Christ, and Jesus was right. And not even the gates of hell could stop it. Can we say amen? My brothers and sisters, do we understand how miraculous it is? That Christianity can permeate the world. How can a murdered Messiah transform the world? How can a bunch of nobodies 
having no media to support them start a movement that would affect the world and its totality the only answer is God the only answer is God God has built his church he is the one who has called people out of all nations everywhere and he has done it with the uselessest people in the world so that when we boast we boast in God today everyone everywhere knows about Jesus Christ and this message is still spreading still going out to every part of the world dear friends this fact should validate in our minds the reality of his coming kingdom second truth I want us to see second truth I want us to see and that is the point of these two parables is the pervasive impact of Christianity or of his kingdom program not only has it spread throughout the world its impact is felt throughout the world. There have been studies done that link the impact of the gospel to the transformation of societies. They show how the gospel message left Jerusalem, came and, and permeated into Europe and into America and thus transformed the economic growth of those societies. I would suggest to you the greatest thing we can do in Africa is permeate Africa with the truth of the kingdom. The truth of the king. And I guarantee you we will see an impact in our society. Because uh, because it's also a link between the failure of economies and, and, and the failure of moral uh, fabric of the society. In a book called How Christianity Changed the World, an author surveys 2,000 years of history. 
and speaks of not only how individuals have been transformed but how civilizations have been transformed by Christ and his kingdom message he speaks of how when the gospel message went out people were impacted drastically and that began to affect the whole society where human life was then preserved and abortions began to become ceased and how sexual immorality began to stop and marriage and the, 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 the height and beauty of marriage began to be lifted up and, and how women stopped being mistreated but were given dignity and, and they were loved and they were given honor in the society and the effects of, of Christianity became on how people treated each other slavery disappeared beating each other and mistreatment began to dissipate and in its place came charity and compassion and care for others hospitals and, 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 and things like that to care for people rose up because of the hearts of people changed people began to work people began to save money people began to think industrial and began to develop around and societies were built he speaks of how science and music and art and, and, and became impacted even down to the holidays that the societies began to celebrate the conclusion he makes in his book is the contribution made by Christianity to the western world is unmeasurable and he says and he says that they are the very building blocks of our civilization today my brothers and sisters I want you to hear this if we care for Uganda the way we love Uganda is through the gospel the way we love our society is through proclaiming the king and his kingdom and calling all people to come to him which brings us to the third truth the third truth is the beautiful and satisfying joy of Christ's kingdom impact. 
The beautiful and satisfying joy of Christ's kingdom impact. I loved it. I I don't know what motivates you to evangelize your friends. But it's this truth that drives me. It's this truth that makes me want to live right here in Uganda and see the church rise up in all societies around Uganda. I want, I want to see the tree of Christianity spread in the societies around us to the point where even the, the, the world around us are putting nests and enjoying the shade that comes by Christ. I love seeing a bunch of people play football out here and laugh and enjoy all of SOS resting and enjoying the care that comes with knowing and loving Christ my brothers and sisters if we see the world around us we can easily see that the safest and most comfortable place in the world is where the true church resides where you have a true community of believers there is safety. There is joy. There is love. There is rest. I love the fact that SOS has been described by some as an oasis. From the rest of the world. Because that's exactly what Christianity is supposed to be. It should be shade from the heat of the world. Protection from the elements of the world. Comfort from the effects of the world. Rest from the pains and pressures of the world. It should result in joy as we engage in loving fellowship of believers united to the Prince of Peace. Let's pray.
Ababa Christo. Christianity. Oh, Christayo. And I pray SOS. It up some SOS. Can penetrate every society throughout this country. That should be our goal. That the whole world can be like a bird. Resting. And enjoying life in its nest. As it feeds and cares its little chicks. This is what Christianity offers the world. When Jesus stood over Israel. And said come unto me that you might have what? Rest. When he stood over Jerusalem, he weeps. And says, how I wanted to be like a hen and grab you as chicks that you might enjoy me. Enjoy the care and protection of me. That's what we are to be in this society. As we go out with this kingdom message. Brothers and sisters, our quest to evangelize with the message of the kingdom should be motivated out of love for our communities and a passion for them to experience the joy of rest in God. Can everybody say, Amen. Dear friends, Jesus is revealing truths about this kingdom age. What will happen before his what? Return. And he will what? Return. The sweet thing is now, 2,000 years later, we can see these truths to be reality. And this should motivate us. If this is true, so is his coming what? Kingdom. Dear friends, to this end, I want each of us to go out to our neighbors and share the good news of our King and His coming kingdom. Calling everybody to find rest in God and following our King. And it is to this end, I want to call each of us here to bend the knee to Jesus Christ. Stop rejecting the message about Him and surrender your life to Him. He is not only the King, but He's calling every one of us 
in this day to follow him for their joy and rest come come to Christ surrender your life to Christ quit doing what is right in your own eyes and surrender to follow Christ with your whole heart and please do it before the king comes and brings his promised wrath. Let's pray. Oh Lord, your truth is so sweet. And so true. We stand in all of you that you would love the world so much that you would send your son to die on a cross and pay the sins of humanity and call us all to repent and find forgiveness in you. And that message is still going forth. And in your love for humanity, you are building up your church that would proclaim that message everywhere in every village throughout the world. And you give us the privilege to be participants in that. For that we praise you. Father, we want you to come. But we also want you today to save those who are not sons of your kingdom, daughters of your kingdom yet. Please draw them to yourself. For the praise, glory, 